Hi, this is your host, Nisa Harris, and you are listening to Shomea Ve'ona Tehillim and Other Hebrew Text Podcast, episode 100. In honor of this special other episode, I am doing something near and dear to my heart. The following is the recitation of the blessing and prayers for Hafrashat Chala, aka the separation of Chala. After the recitation, stay tuned to hear more about this beautiful commandment. Before I get into the bracha itself, I just wanted to mention some customs that some people have, and these vary. Some people do all or none of these, but something to keep in mind if it enhances this for you. Uh, Wash your hands two to three times right, then left, with the mindset to clear away impurities before doing a holy act, and say, Lichvod Shabbat Kodesh, or in honor of the holy Shabbos. Some light a candle and invoke our foremothers, reminding us that we are connected to this chain of tradition. Some give tzedakah, using this time as a reminder that it is about giving to and having others in mind and doing good deeds beyond ourselves. Some recite specifically Psalm 90, which is conveniently right before this psalm, but any Tehillim that speaks to you is fine. I will now recite the prayers that are said before the actual ping-pong ball or egg-sized piece of the dough is separated. I like to grab it with tinfoil personally that I will be double wrapping it in to burn and then discard. More on that later. Yehi ratzon milfanecha Adonai Eloheinu Velohei Avotenu. Shetevarech isatenu kemo sheshalachta biracha beisot imotenu sara rifka rachel belea vikuyam banu hapasuk Vereshit Arisotechem Titnu Lakohain Lehaniach Bracha El Betacha. The following is customarily recited twice before separating Chala. You may recognize it from our previous Psalm 90. Vihi Noam Adonai Eloheinu Aleinu Umaase Yadenu Konena Aleinu Umaase Yadenu Konenehu Again Vihi Noam Adonai Eloheinu, Aleinu, Umaase, Yadenu, Konena, Aleinu, Umaase, Yadenu, Konenehu. I will now recite the blessing itself that is said when removing and will indicate the different ending based on different customs. The first is two different versions of the Ashkenazi custom, ask your rabbi, followed by the Sephardi custom for how to conclude this blessing. Baruch 
Ata Adonai Eloheinu Melech Haolam Asher Kitshanu Vemitzvotav Vitzivanu Lahafrish Chala Ashkenazi might also add Min Haisa Sfardim might add Truma. Now lift that piece of dough that has been removed and say, Hare zo chala, or this is chala. Some have the custom to say the following prayers after the chala dough has been separated, and in general it's considered an auspicious time to insert names of the people who you would like to pray for, whether recovery from illness, finding a worthy mate, the birth of a child, assistance with livelihood, etc. First, we have in mind the Holy Temple reminiscing where this portion used to be donated to the, to the Kohen in those times. Yehiratzon, Milfanecha, Adonai Eloheinu, Velohei Avotenu, Sheibane, Beit Hamikdash, Bimhera, Viamenu, Vitain, Chalkenu, Betoratecha. Now we recite a prayer that gives us the intention that our sins may be forgiven as they would have had we given this tithe in the past, and to receive and feel Hashem's loving kindness in our homes. Yihiratzon, Melfanecha, Adonai Eloheinu, Velohei Avotenu, Shehamitzvah Shel Hafrashat Chala, Techashev Kiilu Kiamtiha, Bechol Pirateha, Vidik Dukeha, Vitechashev. Haramat Hachala Sheani Mirima Kimo Hakarban Shehukrav Al Hamizbeach Shenit Kabel Beratzon Uchemo Shelefanim Haita Hachala Nituna la Kohen. Vahaita zo lechaparat avonot. Kach tihia lechapara la avonot. Vaz ehaya kiilu noladati. Mechadash Nikia Mechet Veavon Veuchal Lekayem Mitzvat Shabbat Kodesh Vehayamim Hatovim Im Baali Viladenu Lihiot Nizonim Mikdushat Hayamim 
ha'ele ume hash pa'ata shel mitzvat chala yu yiladenu nizonim tamid miadav shel hakadosh baruch hu Berov Rachamav Vachasadav Uverov Ahava Veshetit Kabel Mitzvat Chala Kiilu Natati Maaser Uchashem Shehinani Mekayemet mitzvat chala bechol lev. Kach yit oreru rachamav shel hakadosh baruch hu leshamreni mitzar umi mach oivim kol hayamim. Amen. Some add a prayer for redemption. Yihiratzon milfanecha, ribono shel olam, shativne beit hamikdash, bimhera biamenu, shetirachim al kol ish veisha, katan. O Gadol, Yachid, O Rabim, Meamcha Yisrael, Asher Heim Shiruyim Betzaar, Ana Adonai, Hatsilem Mitzarotam, Barchem Mibirchotecha, Ach Zireim Bit Shuva Shlema Vitiga Lenu Geula Shlema Lemaan Shemacha Kemo Shakatuv Vehaya Adonai Lemelech Al kol haaretz bayom hahu yihyeh adonai echad ushmo echad. Some add a prayer for offspring for themselves or for others. Ribono shel olam ata tsivitanu. Lehafrish Chala Kidei Shetishre Habracha Baisa Kisara Imenu Aleha Hashalom Yehi Ratzon Milfanacha Shetehei Mitzvat Chala Shekiyamti 
Lizhuta Shell, insert name, Bat, the daughter of, who had the daughter, who had the parents, Lefakta, Bezera, Shell, Kiyama, Im, Baala, Vivro, Vivorhu, Bifri, Betan, Uvechol, Maase, Yedehem, Amen. Some have the custom to recite Psalm 25 and 34, which you can access at your convenience with this podcast in episodes 29 and 38. Now is when you make sure to double wrap your challah after the first rise and before you shape the dough and burn it in the toaster and or oven before discarding. Now I will keep you company while you braid, while you uh, listen to this longer than usual but hopefully worthwhile explanation on challah. The ritual and commandment of challah is more than just that somehow soulful, ever-present symbol of Jewish baking. It's understood that it serves as a conduit to bring blessing into your home. Learn from Yechezkel Hanavi in Perak Mem Dalid, after speaking about first fruits, aka Bikurim, he mentions that the result of bringing challah to the Kohen, aka high priest, will somehow result in bringing blessings into our homes, which is unique in Tanakh that a mitzvah has the power to bring the bracha, the blessing, into the house. Chala is known to be a time and a space to pray for yourself and others and or to just let out your mundane concerns, asking for God's assistance or to praise and thank Hashem for the blessings we do have. Chala is also seen as a connection and bond between women throughout the generations, dating back to our foremothers, with the first Chala mentioned by Sarah and Rebecca, whose Chala would stay fresh from week to week miraculously, making women powerfully connected to the same ingredients, the same braid, the same mitzvah, Having the mitzvah of challah indicated specifically as one of the three commandments incumbent on, but not not limited to, women. And there's even a segula, aka a Kabbalistic protection, known when getting 40 women to bake one week on behalf of a specific person in need to give strength to that prayer. Challah is seen as a tikkun, a way to repair the rift in connection that was created when Chava listened to the serpent in Eden. Kabbalistically, Adam, aka man, himself was considered the Chala of the world, where out of the dirt, Hashem separated him. Furthermore, Chala serves as the symbol of the physical that can be turned into the spiritual, an ever-present reminder that It's not up to our talent and skill alone, but that God has an ever-present divine providence and is a part of everything we do. The laws pertaining to challah are respected and are important to know the nuances in order to be followed correctly. 
All these points I touched on can be delved into deeper, but overall, Chala is a prism for which we can become aware of the Torah's fundamental attitude and outlook. It connects to the entire matrix of Torah, outlook, spiritually, historically, the laws, everything. I want to talk about the mitzvah or commandment of Chala itself for a few minutes. Bamidbar Parshat Shlach in chapter 15, 17 to 21, is the source of the commandment for Chala when God is explaining to the nation of Israel, when you enter the land to which I am taking you and you eat of the bread of the land, you shall set some aside as a donation, a.k.a. Truma, a.k.a. Chala to the Lord. So this is really important to note. We call the Shabbat bread challah, but that is really not fully understood. Technically speaking, challah is the part of the bread that we don't eat. It is a tithe, aka truma, aka a donation, a percentage of dough separated from the batch that was given to the Kohanim, the priests as one of their priestly gifts in the times of the temple to ensure that they would be able to focus on priestly duties and not fend for food when they had no land for themselves. Nowadays, without the holy temple in Jerusalem, we do not actually give the challah to a kohen at all. Rather, it is burnt on the stove or in an oven by itself by double wrapping it prior to since it shouldn't touch your oven grates and then discard it in an honorable fashion. It is forbidden to eat the portion separated as challah, since we are to remember that we are to give a portion of ourselves, a way challah teaches us giving and sharing. We call our Shabbat bread by the name challah because there is a special significance in performing the mitzvah of separating challah in honor of Shabbat. And we are basically commemorating the holiness and the message of giving and doing for others and connecting with Hashem when we do that separating of the dough and bring those intentions with us to create an air of holiness to the Shabbos day. The actual mitzvah of challah is separating a small piece from your bigger batch of dough after the first rise before the dough is shaped. There are certain requirements in order to allow you to separate and make a blessing on that piece. Number one, the majority of flour needs to be from one of the five grains, barley, rye, oats, wheat, or spelt. Number two, and double check your customs as the amounts are debated, but typical American Ashkenazi custom is there needs to be at least five pounds of flour, according to Rav Hankin, in order to separate out a piece with a bracha that I recited earlier. In Israel, typically like Rabbi Chaim Na'eh, which is one and two-thirds kilo. Uh, number three, the amount of dough requiring hafrasha without a blessing is three pounds, according to Rav Hankin, or one and a quarter kilo in Israel. So if you're if you are in Israel, an easy trick is that if you only have one bag, you know, the bags are measured in one kilo, 
you know you don't have to take a fresh bath. Number four, uh, you need a majority of water versus other, for example, juices. Number five, it's important to note that raw versus baked dough can affect whether hafrasha is done. For example, if you know people like to have challah bakes where you'll be taking one large dough and dividing it, di- dividing this raw and unbaked dough into tiny pieces for others to take home. So there you do not do the hafrasha since it's not considered a big enough amount that is being kept by one person. If the intention, though, will be to bake and then give out like a a baker does in in a bake shop, that's fine to give it out in smaller pieces and still make the hafrasha on it when it's the dough. That's an important distinction. But at the same time, you're not allowed to specifically make a smaller dough to avoid doing hafrasha, but also you don't have to go out of your way to ensure that you add more than a recipe calls for to be able to take hafrasha. It's interesting to note that if you had to separate one dough into two doughs because your container wasn't big enough or whatever for the rising part and those both of those pieces belong to one person, then either touch them together or cover them with the same cloth to indicate that it's still enough kilo when you do take hafrasha and make the blessing um, and or make the blessing or not. The act of baking the challah itself, doing the mitzvah of hafrasha, which I just described, serves as a channel for prayer. Some choose to focus on each ingredient that is put into the challah as a way of enhancing and directing more holistic aspects of prayer to gain that closer connection with Hashem. For example, I will describe the potential power of some of the ingredients in order to understand the type of prayer that can exist when making challah. For many, challah isn't just about the baking or ingredients. It's a spiritual process that has a lot of insights and intentions and blessings and meaning contained within it. There are six basic ingredients, water, yeast, sugar, salt, oil, flour. I had a special challah teacher, Mandana Balor, who you could probably listen to on SoundCloud, who I took a year-long challah class with my mom while I was in nursing school and I looked forward to the way she taught me how all the ingredients of challah represent different things to have in mind while we infuse our blessings and prayers into the challah to then be able to bring that spiritual and physical nourishment to our family and here's a here's a little glimpse so the water reminds us of Torah since Water is the key element to support physical life. So, too, Torah is the most basic element necessary to support spiritual life. Yeast, we think of growth and expansion, having in mind our family members and how you can increase their self-esteem by giving sincere compliments. Also thinking about how we can all rise to our fullest spiritual and physical potentials. Oil, 
was used for anointing the Jewish kings chosen by God in the days of the Holy Temple. And there's a tradition nowadays for women to say the name of each family member, including herself, while pouring the oil as though they too are being anointed, which reminds us that even if you may be having rough patches with your family members, they have good qualities that makes you choose to have them as part of your life. Sugar, more obvious one, is sweet. So the blessings and good things we have in our lives, we want and ask for them to be in abundance. Amuna, or faith, is also what we think of because when we have the proper faith, everything becomes sweet. Even things that seem more challenging, we can realize they are all from Hashem and for the best. We have the ability to bring amuna and sweetness to our home when we make challah. Salt, a pinch of critique, like a pinch of salt, can enhance, but too much can destroy the dish, suggesting that criticism should be in a small amount. And it's actually customarily performed by scanting salt off the top of the tablespoon. The act reminds you to use constructive instead of destructive criticism with our dear ones. Flour, we think of as our basic sustenance. For example, earnings or relationships. We ask maybe for a raise or healthy relationships. We sift out the bad in our lives while we sift out the bugs. And some have a custom to miracade, to dance at this point, a play on the word to sift as used for the holy temple. The mitzvah starts off with the soft, gentle mixing of the dry ingredients and then the energetic kneading, taking all different areas of your life all these ingredients and creating unity, a oneness of all these attributes. And as we mix and knead, we pour our energy and thoughts into the dough at this time, giving nourishment in a spiritual as well as physical way. Now, in addition to the specific time where we say the bracha, etc., is it's an opportune time to pray for whatever you want, health, parnasa, rafua, people who need to get pregnant, peace, marriage, etc. There is also the concept of not bringing worry or negativity when you are baking. Again, with the idea that the energy that you input will be the energy that is received when the bread is consumed later. For me, Chala has become an anchor. When I was first introduced to its depth and the amount of culture and outlook and laws that pertain to it, it served as a lifeline for me during harder times. It was an opportunity to express both physically and in prayer all that I was going through, a channel to gain perspective and ask for guidance and blessing. It was a way of focusing outside myself and seeking to help and connect with others. It still serves all these functions and helps me reinvigorate and dedicate time and energy to enhancing and renewing my relationship with Hashem and my loved ones. I do believe, after all I have experienced, that we are endowed with this opportunity to put blessing into our challah, and people are nourished by these. 
taking and embodying the thoughts, blessings, and prayers that we put into the challah. Another way we connect to those who we nourish, enhancing their lives in addition to our own in ways I am able to appreciate all the more after embodying the essence of this beautiful and multifaceted commandment. recitation for this episode is in honor of all my foremothers, especially my first namesake grandmother, whose yard site was this past week, Nisa Ethel Bat Mordechai HaKohen. May their neshamot have an aliyah. Also in the merit that all the blessing that my chala teacher, Mandana Bolor, pours into her chala, may she continue to feel and receive back a hundredfold throughout her whole life and may she be able to continue to inspire others until 120 years in good health with loved ones. Please stay tuned until after this quick break. that you would like to sponsor or if you have any questions please email me at nursenisa1 n-u-r-s-e-n-i-s-a the number one at gmail.com also don't forget to join the facebook group to be aware of upcoming episodes please subscribe and share thank you for joining okay.